Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about the BDS movement. That's the Boycott, Divestments, and Sanctions movement against Israel by pro-Palestinians. Is it gaining traction? Where is it? And what is some of the backlash against the state of Israel? And I want to just quote a couple different articles to kind of set the stage here. This was an article from Salon.com, April the 7th, entitled, Business of Backlash, GOP cashes in on Coke and Adelson anti BDS donations, and according to this report here by uh, David Palumbo Liu, quote, across the globe with increasing force and energy, the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, BDS, is gathering momentum and racking up victories. This was already occurring after the Israeli onslaught on Gaza last summer drew global attention to Israel's illegal occupation of Arab lands. It has become even more noticeable after Prime Minister Netanyahu's declaration that there would be no Palestinian state under his regime. That statement, along with his alarmist and racist outcry regarding droves of Arab Israelis heading to the polls to exercise their democratic rights, have both hardened the resolve of those who wish to end the occupation and grant Palestinians and others equal rights in Israeli-Palestine, and also made the liberal Zionist position increasingly untenable. And he goes on here, with the success of BDS that has come a strong reaction. In a 2014 speech before APAC, Netanyahu himself criticized BDS no fewer than 18 times, quote, attempts to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel, the most threatened democracy on earth are simply the latest chapter in the long and dark history of anti-Semitism. Those who want to wear the BDS label should be treated exactly as we treat any anti-Semite or bigot. They should be exposed and condemned. And then finally it goes on here, and the source for anti-BDS attacks in the academy and at the grassroots levels are the same sources that are buying U.S. politicians, namely the Koch brothers and Sheldon Adelson, the casino owner from Las Vegas that poured, I think, at least $10 million into Mitt Romney's campaign. And then a major revelation here that came from the Jewish press. This one is from Haritz, dated June 1st, 2015. It's entitled, Adelson to Host Secret Anti-BDS Fundraiser strategy summit. And here's what it said in part, quote, the planned Vegas summit marks a shift in approach on the issue of anti-Israel activity on college campuses whose growth in recent years has captured a top spot on the Jewish communal agenda. The initiative in this case did not come from students on the ground, nor did it emerge from work of many organizations involved in pro-Israel activism on campus. Instead, it is an idea coming from wealthy Jewish 
philanthropists who have decided to take action. Their communique to Jewish groups invite them to come and brainstorm with them during a weekend gathering at the Venetian Adelson's Luxury Hotel on the Las Vegas Strip. Haim Saban, a Los Angeles billionaire who is also a major Democratic donor with close ties to the Clinton, has been discussing the idea for more than a year. One source with firsthand information of the initiative said Saban has spoken to Israeli officials, including the former ambassador to Washington, Michael Oren, and top officials in the Israeli foreign ministry about setting up a special task force to deal with increased calls on campuses to adopt measures of boycotts, divestment, sanctions against Israel, measures commonly referred to as BDS. And that was from Haritz, which is, of course, an Israeli publication. And then here from The Guardian on June the 3rd, an article entitled, Israel Brands Palestinian-Led Boycott Movement a Strategic Threat. And here's just a couple quotes from this article by Peter Beaumont in Jerusalem. Israel and key international supporters have sharply ratcheted up their campaign against the Palestinian-led boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, with senior Israeli officials declaring it a strategic threat. Using language the Israeli government usually reserves for the likes of Hamas or Iran's nuclear program, senior figures including the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and a key backer in the U.S. casino magnate, Sheldon Adelson, have turned on the movement which is prominent on university campuses and among international trade unions. The move came as the U.K.'s National Union of Students voted on Tuesday to formally ally itself with the aims of BDS. Following the vote, Hebrew media reported that Israeli MPs were due to hold a special session in the Knesset to discuss the issue. The nonviolent grassroots movement, founded with the support of dozens of Palestinian organizations, is modeled on South African anti-apartheid campaign and calls for an end to the occupation, equally equality for Palestinians, citizens of Israel, and a resolution for Palestinians' refugees of 1948. After years in which Israeli officials and commentators have loftily discussed the impact of BDS, which seeks to persuade businesses, artists, governments, and academic institutions to boycott Israel, over its long occupation of the Palestinian territories. Israel's new right-wing government has in recent days singled out the movement for criticism, and that's from The Guardian. And then another Jewish source is called The Ford, and this is an article that was published on the 4th of June entitled, Will Sheldon Adelson's Push to Fund Anti-BDS Campaign Backfire on Campus? And here's just a couple quotes from, from this article. Quote, through the power of their funding, Las Vegas billionaire Sheldon Adelson and his several associates are seeking to transform the fight on campus against groups advocating boycott and sanctions against Israel. 
and in the process shift the center of gravity of those engaged in the battle significantly to the right. The effort which is being kicked off at a weekend gathering at Adelson's Las Vegas Venetian Hotel and Casino will offer a selected group of invited organizations a chance to present their work to a panel of mega donors in a bid for funding. Now, this is really the interesting part. This is a list of the invitees and the panel members attained by Forward, this Jewish publication, and it reveals a roster of speakers and presenters representing a narrow political spectrum ranging from several mainstream non-ideological organizations such as Taglit Birthright Israel and the Jewish fraternity Alpha Epsilon Phi to a majority of organizations aligned with right-wing and hawkish political views. Among the participants are Christians United for Israel, surprise, surprise, the Zionist Organization of America, the right-wing Washington Free Beacon, and the Clarion Project, which has been accused by mainstream Jewish groups of Islamophobia. Officials from the Committee for Accuracy in Middle East Reporting in America, Stand With Us, EMT, and the Middle East Forum, all groups that hew to the right on the political spectrum will also make presentations. Okay, and then a couple things right here. This is from Mondo Weiss, Philip Weiss, who is Jewish. And uh, in an article, he's quoting uh, Gideon Levy, who is with Haaretz. And this little piece here is, Levy says BDS may undo Israeli denial and propaganda, even as Lapid calls it Hamas's puppet. And here's some quotes from this piece. Quote, further signs of the crisis in Israel's international reputation Yair Lapid is the former Israeli finance minister and the head of a centrist party called There Is a Future and is supposedly sophisticated in the Israeli frame. Anyway, Lapid said in New York at a synagogue on Saturday and called on disposed Jews to support Israel in its fight against BDS. Sheldon, Adelson, and Haim Saban will show up, but how many young Jews, he questioned. Not if they are reading Gideon Levy, the, the article goes on. He had a stunning column about BDS and Haritz yesterday saying all the propaganda attacks on BDS aren't fooling anyone except the Israelis themselves. They are disconnected from reality. And this is the little quote from Gideon Levy, quote, the policy of denial and disconnection from reality is rising to a dangerous level, and the illness is getting worse. When the world starts to show encouraging signs of stirring in action, Israel further entrenches itself in its imaginary reality and erects more and more separation barriers for itself. Israel seems to think that what worked well in its society and succeeded in almost totally wiping out all consciousness and awareness will just as well work in the rest of the world, unquote. And, of course, Gideon Levy is a citizen of Israel, a Jew, and a writer for Haaretz. And so let's open it up here for discussion and talk a little bit about the BDS movement, what can be done to end the occupation. Chuck or anyone else like to jump in? Well, uh, first place, 
There's not one BDS movement. There's one little organization that calls itself BDS. And uh, the big pressure on Israel is coming from a lot of places, uh, such as the government of Sweden, the government of Norway. French are undecided. But the biggest telecom company in France called Orange recently flip-flopped a couple of times. At first, they took the very brave step of the chairman said, uh, we'd like to get out of this place. And uh, we're thinking about withdrawing entirely. Then under pressure, they decided they liked Israel after all they're staying. But they've already made their statement. Uh, so you have a, a lot of uh, organizations and a lot of governments and a lot of individuals all over who are being clumped together into a thing called BDS. But actually, most of them are independent. The BDS movement, of course, was started by Palestinian groups uh, some years ago. And that's a separate group that has its own tactics. And some of us participate with the BDS local chapters. And in some cases, we like what they do. In some cases, we don't. But the movement to shut down Israel by putting pressure on them financially is a great idea, which we absolutely concur with, because Israel is uh, hidden for its entire history, the fact that it is really a bankrupt state living on donations. And it's uh, a welfare case has been from the very beginning. It has absolutely nothing going for it in terms of uh, ability to create a modern, productive state. It lacks all the things that you need to be a successful state, such as rain. They don't get rain. A very big problem is not having enough rain to raise uh, potatoes for the people that uh, live there. Israel is a giant importer of grain and food. They import corn from the United States. They import wheat from everywhere. Israel doesn't produce even a fraction of what they eat. So this whole idea of sanctioning Israel by cutting them off can be very effective because it is a state that is already on the verge of bankruptcy. It just doesn't realize it needs to get along if it's going to survive. And uh, also financially, the state of Israel doesn't produce enough revenue to balance its payments. And it has a glaring lack of natural resources and water being just one of them, but also there is no viable mining industry, there's no viable coal mining industry, there's no viable, there's, it's very questionable whether they have any petroleum or not. They claim to have uh, huge gas fields, but that's questionable. And there is no petroleum industry on land in, inside the state of Israel. So setting a few statements straight about uh, Israel itself, the idea of boycotting is a great idea because Israel lives on this stuff, and they have incredible brass that they continue to think they can get away with uh, receiving gifts uh, and trade from everyone. Well, they obviously, and in front of the whole world, abuse half of their population. That's a very good comment. point, Chuck. There are a lot of small groups. It's not unified, and, of course, that, I think, probably helps, although you can see that they are going after the larger groups like the Students for Justice in Palestine that have gotten pressure at various campuses around the U.S. So it is a, a fragmented movement and looks like the Israelis in the Zionist lobby are at least they're, they're looking to somehow squelch it. But it's going to be hard to do it because you've got so many organizations that are involved in it that is gaining some momentum. Well, and countries. Uh, actually, yeah. you have state governments that are actually taking positions like Ireland and Norway. 
where the where the government essentially lets it be known how they feel about Israel. Well, and, you know, here in the United States, of course, we're totally blinded. I had an interchange with a, a young man, uh, probably college age. I was paying my bill at a restaurant, and he asked me, I had the Palestinian flag on my hat. He said, what country is that? And I said, Palestine. He said, hmm. And I just gave him a brief uh, little thought about it. And he said, well, that's not even on my radar. <laughs> of course, I think that's typical among Americans unless they've already been conditioned or, as we talk about all the time, Christian Zionists who religiously and dogmatically accept Israel as the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and that say anything against what they uh, do against the Palestinians is will result in a judgment by God against them and the United States. Craig, do you have some thoughts? Yeah, uh, something I think, Chuck, that you put out, I was watching uh, RT the other night, and they were talking uh, financially it would be in Israel's best interest to negotiate a peace. And they were showing uh, just on the on the television show how much it's costing them, their decline in growth in GDP, the dollars in revenues that they're, they're losing and so forth and so on. But one thing it didn't take into account is the military-industrial uh, complex that keeps this thing going. I wonder if you wanted to address that issue. Well, I'll, I'll jump in there just briefly. Rand Corporation did a study on that. Maybe that was what they were alluding to about the cost savings. But they were primarily talking about the a two-state solution. They had some other alternatives, but, you know, that was based on two separate states. And most people that have studied the issue would agree that the two-state solution it would be almost impossible in light of the over a half a million Israeli citizens, Jews that live in settlements in the West Bank. So, I mean, that was one of the things they mentioned that uh, there'd have to be some kind of agreement where those people would be moved out. But that would be a, a very unpalatable thing for the Israelis. We saw that when they removed the illegal settlers from Gaza back in 2005, the uh, uproar for that. Yeah, I think you're right, Tom. I think it was that RAND report that uh, RT was uh, running the other night. Well, I think what these, uh, what some people are saying is that the world would become generous and loving and kind to Israel again if they would simply take the Palestinians under their wings and they would get a lot of donations and it would pump up their economy. Uh, I've heard, kind of, heard this kind of expressed. Of course, uh, we have no reason to support either the state of Palestine or the state of Israel. It's not our responsibility. It is our responsibility to protect the lives of innocent people, especially when we've been financing the people who are taking their lives. So the United States has, a, has, a, has an enormous responsibility, and I think the rest of the world already recognizes this, and probably it's a slap in the face of the U.S., too, that you have governments in in places like Sweden and Finland and, and others that are actually openly critical of Israel. And the donations and gifts to Israel shouldn't stop. And this, this problem would go away if, every, if everybody that's supporting Israel just quit supporting them. They would uh, soon find out that they would have to change their policies. Chuck, is there any kind of quantitative dollar amount that how, how effective the BDS movement is? I mean, if the if the U.S. is giving them eight million dollars a day, I mean, is is BDS that successful? 
or, or any what in, what impact does it does it make? I, I think on a dollars and cents basis, it doesn't uh, it doesn't have a lot of impact. The biggest source of revenues to the state of Israel are gifts from countries. So it comes right from treasuries of one country to another. In the case of our country, we're not sure. We know it runs at least a billion a year and a half in, in direct military aid, plus whatever else is sneaked to them under the table and special donations that are given to them, such as the one Congress appropriated for them to re- replace their armaments after they had bombed out Gaza this last time. Let's not forget one of Israel's major sources of income, and that's armaments to the tune of over $7 billion a year. And, of course, these armaments have battle-proven reliability by all the punitive actions they've taken against Gaza, where there have been giant tests, if you will, of these weapon systems. So the support for Israel, uh, they do export some goods that they make there, uh, some some ethnic food products and things at that time made in Israel. Uh, those are exported primarily to Europe. Some of these European countries are actually talking about boycotting Israel's production. Uh, also, there's talk about boycotting products that are made in the occupied zones in other words, the land that Israel has stolen from Palestine in order to make uh, set up uh, settlements. And they uh, set up manufacturing plants in some of those. There are efforts that are going on to, uh, to boycott some of that. But uh, the truth of it is Israel's donations are the big things. And then the other big thing is the bonds that they sell to Americans denominated in dollars. This, this is running at least a billion to a billion and a half or $2 billion a year, depending on the year. Sometimes last year, in 2013, I think it ran $3 billion because they made one big deal where Goldman Sachs sold $2 billion worth of their long-term bonds around the world that are repayable in dollars. So Israel basically borrows the money to stay in business. And it's very unlikely they'll pay it back since they are borrowing it in dollars and they actually will be able to default on those loans without hurting the uh, shekel, since the shekel is not tied to the dollar. So if I were a holder of a Jewish bond uh, payable in dollars, I would be counting the days until I could get rid of it. The whole idea, though, of Israel is to panhandle. They basically do rely on donations, and they get donations from a lot of wealthy Jews like uh, Sheldon Adelson, of course. I'm sure he makes direct donations, too and many in Europe as well. So I guess coming down to the question of what we can do about it, I think it's uh, the key here to actually having cutting off Israel's uh, big income from the United States is to cut off this military aid and to stop their sale of bonds, dollar bonds in the United States. And these are two issues we worked on, and these hit at the heart of the very big money that Israel keeps getting, and uh, and we... Uh, uh, we need to uh, gather understanding for that. Uh, we need to get, put together a list of uh, all these organizations that are mentioned here who are interested in the boycott, divestion, and sanction movement, and we need to try to educate them as to the existence of this bond-selling program that they have here and to also remind them that 
only by getting our grassroots American people to put the pressure on Congress will we ever get Congress to stop giving taxpayers money to the state of Israel. So these are the big issues that, uh, that actually need to be addressed. And the BDS movement, the little local ones, uh, is, is very absent from participation uh, in, the, in, the, in the bond issue. But uh, it does talk about APAC and it does talk about the military aid that goes to Israel. There's also secret meetings going on right now between, we're, we're told, between John Bremer of the CIA and Benjamin Netanyahu. We don't know what those meetings are all about, but it is admitted that the state of Israel has been actively campaigning for war against Iran for 25 years. And this is actually an admitted statement. So Israel, of course, a giant war-making machine operating in the Middle East, stirring up trouble, trying to get war started, instigating instigating, instigating, uh, of course, the war in Iraq, uh, largely instigated by Israel. You can probably remember when just before the first bombing of uh, Iraq, uh, Israel came to an agreement with our State Department that they would stand down on the war and would not uh, launch uh, missiles into uh, Baghdad, providing the U.S. would uh, go in and polish off Saddam Hussein and destroy his army. Uh, anybody remember those uh, those discussions that went on back in 1991. So Israel has been actively sponsoring war in the Middle East. This is one of the things that uh, we need to work on is to expose this. And of course, support the local movements as best we can as we go along. Great, thank you so much everyone for your input. And yes, the education is, is sorely needed by particularly Americans as to the problem. We've got some very interesting programs on the Israeli bond program schemes, and uh, those, those are available on our website. It goes without saying, but I don't want to leave without mentioning this, that the primary supporter of the whole Israel operation in the United States at the grassroots is the Christian Zionist churches in our country. And uh, until we actually influence these supporters, these uh, open-armed supporters of Israel, that Israel is a killing machine and a weapon for war, not for bringing back Jesus Christ to earth, as uh, some seem to believe, we are not going to have much success changing our Congress. So that's the absolute priority is to keep working on the Christian churches that uh, practice Zionism in, in our midst. Thanks, Chuck, and I would remind people, if this is new to you, be sure to watch our award-winning film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and Turning, and it explains just what Chuck was talking about. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.